the sixth mansion chapter three of the interior castle this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by anne boulet the interior castle or the mansions by saint teresa of avila translated by the reverend john dalton the sixth mansion chapter three the same subject is continued. She shows the way by which God speaks to the soul, etc. Our Lord has another way of awakening the soul, which, though in some sense it may seem a greater favor than the one already mentioned, yet may prove more dangerous, and therefore I will enter into a few particulars about it. It is affected by certain discourses, which in various ways he makes to the soul. Some of these seem to come from without others from the interior of the soul others from the superior part while others are so much in the exterior as to be heard with the ears so that there seems to be a formed voice sometimes and often it may be only fancy especially if the persons have a weak imagination or are subject to great melancholy no attention is in my opinion to be paid to these two kinds of persons though they tell us that they see hear and understand nor are they to be troubled by being told it is the devil, but they should be heard as sick persons, and the prioress or confessor to whom they discover this should tell them not to pay any regard to it, for this is not a matter to serve God by, and the devil has deceived many by this way, but perhaps it will not happen thus to them. We may speak in this way in order not to afflict them, but if the prioress and confessor tell them plainly that it is melancholy, they will never believe it. They will swear they see and hear it because it seems so to them. It is true, necessary care should be taken to prevent them from attending too much to prayer, and they should be persuaded, as much as possible, not to heed such things, because the devil is accustomed to make use of such weak souls as these, if not to their own destruction, at least to the injury of others. Such things are always to be feared until the spirit be understood i consider it best to resist these discourses at first because if they come from god they are a great help to advance us onward they also increase when they are thus tried this is the case but the soul should not be troubled too much for truly she cannot do otherwise let us now return to what i was saying about the discourses with the soul the different kinds which i have mentioned may come either from god or from the devil or from one's own imagination I shall mention, if I can, by the divine assistance, the marks belonging to these different kinds, and also when these discourses become dangerous. For there are many souls among persons of prayer who perceive them, and I do not wish you, sisters, to imagine you do ill either in believing them or not believing them. When they are only for your own pleasure, or to reveal to you your defects, let them come whence they may, or whether they be true or false, it matters little. One thing I warn you against, not to think the better of yourselves on their account, even though they should come from God, for our Lord spoke frequently with the Pharisees. All our good consists in the way we take advantage of these words. Pay no more attention to any discourse which is not exactly conformable to Scripture than if you heard the devil himself, because though they come from your weak imagination, yet you must consider them as temptations about points of faith therefore always resist them that they may leave you and they will vanish for of themselves they have little strength 
Let us return then to the first point. It matters little for believing that they come from God, whether these words proceed from the interior or superior part, or from the exterior. The most certain signs they can have are, in my opinion, the following. The first and truest are the authority and dominion which such discourses give with them, viz., by speaking and working at the same time. I will explain my meaning a little clearer. A soul, for example, is quite overpowered by affliction, and that internal restlessness mentioned before, together with aridity, and a darkness upon the understanding. But by one such word, bidding her not to be troubled, she is freed from aridity, calmed, wonderfully enlightened, and all that sadness dispelled which she had before. Hence, if the whole world, and all the learned men therein, had united together in giving her reasons for not being grieved, they could not, for all their endeavors, remove that affliction. She is troubled because her confessor and others tell her she is possessed by an evil spirit, but by one word only, saying, It is I, be not afraid, she is freed from all fears, and becomes very cheerful, and imagines no one is able to make her believe the contrary. She is exceedingly anxious about certain affairs of consequence, the success of which she cannot foresee, but she hears one tell her, Be quiet, for everything will go on well. Then she is certain and without care, and so with regard to many other things of this kind. The second sign is, a great quiet remaining in the soul, with a devout and peaceful recollection, and a disposition to praise God. O oh my Lord, if one word conveyed by one of thy attendants have such force, at least in this mansion, a word not spoken by our Lord himself, but by an angel, what wilt thou leave in a soul, which by love is united to thee, and thou to her? The third sign is, that these words are not forgotten for a long time, and some are never forgotten. And as to those words which sometimes we hear spoken in this world, I mean by men, however grave and learned these persons may be, yet their words are not so deeply impressed on our memories, and much less do we give any credit to them. If they relate to things future, as these other words do, which leave such a great certainty after them, that sometimes in things which seem utterly impossible, there arises some doubt in the undertaking, whether they will prove true or false, and it wavers a little accordingly. Yet there is in the soul herself such a deep security, that she cannot be persuaded otherwise, though everything seems to go against what she has heard, and though some years pass away, while she remains in this confidence, that God will employ other means unknown to men, and that in the end the things will come to pass, as indeed they do. Still, as I said, she cannot help suffering when she sees so many obstacles against her. For the operations which she had at the time, she heard the words, and the certainty which they left in her that they came from God, having now passed away, these doubts begin to arise, whether the words came from the devil or the imagination. But when she hears the words, she has no doubts or fears whatever, she would even die for this truth. But, as I said, what is the devil able to effect by these imaginations, which he certainly suggests, in order to afflict and intimidate the soul, especially if it be a matter wherein, if that which is heard should succeed, some great good to souls is likely to follow, and that works would be done, conducing much to the service of God, and that there be some great difficulty connected with them. What, I repeat, is the devil able to do? He at least weakens faith, for it is a terrible evil not to believe that God is able to perform works, 
which our understandings cannot comprehend. But notwithstanding all these combats, though there are some who tell the same person that these discourses are extravagancies, I mean confessors, who are consulted in such cases, and notwithstanding the bad success which happens, and which makes the confessors imagine the things cannot be accomplished, yet I know not how, but there remains in the soul so bright a spark of security, that the things will happen, though all other hopes be dead, that this spark of security cannot but remain alive. In fine, the word of our Lord, as I said, is accomplished, and the soul is so joyful and glad that she wishes always to be praising his majesty, and this so much the more, for seeing that accomplished which was told her, and on account of the work itself, though it concerns her much. I know not how it happens that the soul esteems the accomplishment of these words so highly, that I believe she would not feel so much, were she herself found to have uttered some untruth, as if she could do otherwise, where she says nothing but what is told her. A certain person very frequently called to mind the prophet Jonas, when he feared whether Nineveh would be destroyed. In a word, since it is the Spirit of God, it is proper we should show this fidelity to him, by desiring he may not be considered a deceiver, since he is truth itself. Hence the joy of such a soul is excessive, when, after many windings and in most difficult matters, she sees the fulfillments of what she heard, and though the same person might have endured great afflictions, she would rather suffer them than not see that accomplished, which she was certainly convinced our Lord spoke. All persons have not, perhaps, this infirmity, if it be an infirmity, for I cannot condemn it as an evil. If these words come from the imagination, there will be none of these signs, nor certainty, nor peace, nor internal delight. It may, however, happen, and I know some to whom it so happened, that being deeply absorbed in the prayer of quiet and in a spiritual slumber, for some have such a weak constitution or imagination, though I know not the cause, that in this high recollection they are indeed so out of themselves, that exteriorly they seem without sense, and all their senses are so asleep that they resemble a person who is asleep, and perhaps they are really asleep. They imagine, as in a dream, that someone speaks to them, and that they also see things, and they think they come from God, but in the end they leave effects resembling those left by a dream. It may likewise be, that when they ask something of our Lord with earnestness and love, they think they are told what they desire, and this sometimes happens. But one who has much experience in the discourses of God cannot, in my opinion, be deceived herein. There is much to be feared with regard to the devil and the imagination, but if there be the above-mentioned marks, the person may rest assured such words come from God, though not in the same way as if what were spoken related to some important matter, and it was to be performed by the same person, or the discourse related to the affairs of a third person. Then he who would even attempt or think of executing it without the advice of a learned confessor, who was also discreet and a servant of God, would do very wrong, however clearly he might think or understand that it came from God. The reason is, because His Majesty wishes it, and this is not neglecting to do what His Majesty commands, since He has told us to consider our confessor as in His place, where there is no doubt of their being His words. And these help to animate us, if the matter be difficult, and our Lord, when He pleases, will also suggest the truth to the confessor, and make him believe that it is His Spirit. But when He does not please, 
they are no longer bound. To act differently from what we have been told, and to be guided herein by our own opinion, I consider to be a very dangerous practice. I warn you then, sisters, in the name of our Lord, to beware, lest this ever happen to you. There is another kind of language with which God speaks to a soul. I consider it quite certain that it comes from Him, by a certain intellectual vision, of which I shall speak hereafter. This takes place in the interior of the soul, and she seems most clearly to hear with her ears those words spoken by our Lord Himself, and so secretly that the very manner of hearing them, together with the operations caused by the vision itself, gives her a certainty that the devil can have no share therein. It leaves after it wonderful effects, which tend to make us believe the vision to be true. At least, there is a certainty that it does not proceed from the imagination, and whoever observes it may always be certain, for the following reasons. First, because there is a difference in the clearness of the discourse, for it is so plain that the soul remembers even every syllable of what she has heard. She likewise knows what in particular style the words are spoken, though all may but have one meaning, whereas that which arises in the fancy or imagination is not spoken so clearly, nor so distinctly, but is like something uttered by a person half asleep. Secondly, because what is heard was often not thought of before. I mean, it comes unexpectedly, and sometimes when the person is engaged in conversation, an answer is given to that which suddenly passes through our thoughts, or to that which passed through them before, and often it is in things of which we never had any remembrance that they had been or would be. And hence the imagination could not have framed them, in order that the soul might be deceived in fancying to herself what she had not desired, nor wished, nor taken notice of. Thirdly, because then we are like one who hears only, but when it arises from the imagination, it is as if one is composing, by little and little, what he himself wishes to be said to him. Fourthly, because the words are very different, and one of them includes a great deal, which our understanding cannot compose so easily. Fifthly, because together with the words, much more is often understood, by a way which I am unable to explain, than the words import. But of this mode of understanding I shall speak more at length elsewhere, for it is a very high subject, and contributes much to the praise of our Lord. Respecting these several ways, and the difference between them, there have been, and now are, some persons very doubtful. I particularly know one who has tried them by experience. Still, there may be others who could not fully understand them. But the person that I speak of has, I know, considered them with great attention. Our Lord very often bestows this favor upon her. The greatest doubt which she had was, whether she was deceived by her own fancy or no in the beginning. For when it is, the devil may soon be discovered, though he has so many subtleties that he can easily put on the appearance of a spirit of light. And in my opinion, this he will do by speaking so very clearly, that there is no question whether the words are heard, just as in the case when they come from the spirit of truth. But he cannot counterfeit the effects mentioned above, nor leave in the soul such peace and light. He will rather leave restlessness and confusion, though he can do little or no harm if the soul be humble, and do what I have mentioned, though she must not stir to do anything of herself, whatever she may hear. If the favors and caresses come from our Lord, let her carefully observe whether she consider herself to be better for them, and if, 
from hearing more loving expressions she do not become more humble and confounded then let her be assured that it is not the spirit of god it is most certain that if it be the good spirit how much greater the favor is so much the less does the soul esteem herself and she remembers her sins the more and forgets more her own interest and employs more frequently her will and memory in seeking only god's honor and glory without attending to her own profit she proceeds too with more caution lest in anything she might neglect doing god's will she likewise understands more certainly that she never merited these favors but rather she deserved hell since then all these things and the favors she receives in prayer produce these effects let not the soul be troubled but trust in the mercy of our lord who is faithful and will not suffer the devil to delude her though it is always best for her to live in fear possibly someone whom our lord does not conduct by this way will imagine that such souls may refuse to listen to these words and if they be interior may so occupy themselves as to not admit them and by this means may be free from such dangers i answer it is impossible i do not speak of those words which the fancy forms which by not too eagerly desiring some things and by not doing anything suggested by the imagination find some remedy but here these words have no remedy for the same spirit of god which speaks fixes all other thoughts which attend in such a way to what is spoken that it seems to me to be something more likely and so i believe it is for a person who is very quick at hearing not to hear another who spoke both near and loudly to him for this person might not notice the other who speaks or his thoughts and understanding might be engaged in some other way but this cannot be the case here for there are no ears to stop nor power to think except on what is spoken to her for he who could stop the sun at the request of joshua can also stop the powers and the whole interior hence the soul plainly perceives that another lord governs this castle who is greater than she is and this thought produces great devotion and humility in her thus she has no remedy for avoiding this may his divine majesty grant we may ever strive to please him and as i said entirely forget ourselves amen may our lord grant that i may have correctly explained what i intended and that it may serve as some direction for those who receive such favors end of the sixth mansion chapter three